There is a world where your everyday creator who has a really, really strong IP, a really strong story to tell, can bring people into that story in a more immersive way using Passage world building tools, Passage AI creation tools, things like that to allow them to kind of bridge the gap, right? For me, I love AI because it allows smaller creators yeah. to compete with bigger studios. Alexa Valino, tell us who you are. We've had you on the show like a year and a half, two years ago. Company Passage has come such a, a long way since then. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Thanks, brother. So quick intro for me. I've been in kind of like the virtual production world for about 10 years now, working with clients like Capitol Records, Marvel, Dallas Cowboys, Red Bull. We started off doing really as a studio, building custom experiences, both virtual and physical. So we've got a bunch of events that we helped build out that went live on Hollywood and Vine in Hollywood, LA. Oh, very cool. For Warner Brothers, for a bunch of large studios and teams. This crossover between doing virtual experiences and physical experiences meant for consumer audiences really led us to Passage because Passage was really meant to be like, how do we do virtual better in a way that is more exciting, that's more personal? That's what led us into creating this platform. So now we kind of have two teams. We still have the studio that does a lot of production work, a lot of the 3D production, building out these worlds in Unreal Engine. And then we have the product team building out Passage and the core offering of Passage, which is basically high-end experiences for creators and brands that are high quality, right? No compromises. The idea is that in one click, right, you can be in a world that looks very high-end and high quality, but it's very accessible, right? That's the biggest thing about Passage. We've seen so many like cool-looking experiences where it's really hard for people to get in. There's a lot of roadblocks, whether that's the typical Web3 roadblocks yep. or whether that's, you know, I don't have a gaming machine, right? You're gatekeeped from the cool high-end experiences. And so that's the idea is that we made something that's accessible, right? And a lot of the accessible experiences, they look like, you know, classic Nintendo, right? It's like, what am I, a, a character from Wii U, right? Yeah. Uh, and we wanted something that gave people a high-quality experience. It gives you lots of creative freedom in terms of how you build out your world, what it looks like to have very realistic graphic or very stylized, allow people to build in kind of the top tier engine, which is Unreal Engine 5, which we support on Passage. But then the building process and the delivery process is super accessible, right? Builders can use our drag and drop system and it's all in Unreal Engine, but it's through our streaming system. So you don't need to download anything. You don't need to download Unreal Engine. You don't need to download anything at all. You can use drag and drop to build stuff. And then your fans, your audience, can jump into this experience as well with just one click. That's the whole goal. It's no downloads, no load times. You're just in. It's like a turnkey solution for building out not just like what's in your brain and your whole vision. But when we first started talking, I think it was like a year and a half ago, where was the company back then? Because like, I, 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 a lot of the listeners are starting companies themselves or at different mm. points along the way in crypto. Mm. And I'd like for them to get like a bigger picture of like how far you guys have come where you are right sure. now versus like where you are when, we ha when, you know, when you were on the show like two years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a really unique journey. Unfortunately, a lot of teams, most teams can't profess, they have very long lifespans yeah. in, in the Web3 space because you have a, a big success, you go up in a, a, you know, a tissue fire, right? And then it's gone you know, within a year. Part of that has just been, you know, we, I would say we really cut our teeth in the service industry. So we learned deadlines, we learned budgets, we learned, you know, being able to see something through from vision to completion many, many times, right? That's the beauty of the kind of the client lifecycle is that, you know, we built this, we built Passage as a service first for Capital Records, for Amazon, 
for American Girl, for Scooter Braun. So that really helped us to hone the process. And then once we jumped into the Web3 space, you know, we started off one of our first kind of experiments in Passage was, what if we used Passage to stream a game, right? What if we had a game that was super accessible, one click to get in? Yeah. We saw a big gap where there were not a lot of like high quality games being built for Web3. No, even Web2 like, on, you oh, know, yeah. in browser type games. Sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And for us, there was a, you know, a ton of hype around the whole you know, play to earn concepts and things like that. But so many people, the goal of the game was to earn money, right? It wasn't just to be a good game, right? And so we're like, okay, what if we just made a really good game? And so that's where we started the Strange Clan IP. And basically, there's a bunch of cool things that come integrating a game into Passage because as a, as a super hyper-accessible platform that still has really high-quality graphics, it was interesting to see, like, how does a game fit into this, right? So that was one of our first test cases. It did well. And I would say we were prepared for that success, in a sense, from all that client work, right? Yeah. Working with clients, again, you get to go through the full life cycle of a product because it's a service many times. And so that was that really helped us. There's still lots of things we had to learn when it came to yeah. doing this at scale. The product life cycle is still unique. So there have been lots of good lessons learned throughout this process. But I will, I will say, like having smaller wins, having smaller targets over and over again made a huge difference and really prepped us not to be shooting for the moon from day one, right? But we kind of had this mindset of, okay, this is something we have to execute over the next three to five years, not trying to deliver everything in three months. You realized that you had a, a great studio for building out beautiful content for production, and you'd built out Strange Clan, which was a game because you proved your own concept. You built this gaming engine, and then you launched a game, and then you attracted all these users, and you realized that the, the NFT world, this was like 2021, it was like lacking. Yep. There was no real use cases and nothing really being built that people can, can have fun with. And then at some point, you realized that whatever we were using Zoom, even what we're doing now, you realize that that was like not the best yeah. product and that you can build something better and, and offer these like in-world experiences. And, and then you ported me over into this like big classroom setting and we were able to walk around and have spatial audio in the same way like we're doing Zoom now and we can still have the same audio podcasting, do the same video, but I could bring in my NFTs or be what I look like. And then, so that was kind of where you were but you were still building these worlds for people on more of like right. a one-to-one -one basis. What, what did you realize that needed to change? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things that need to change just in terms of like virtual interaction. For one, so many of the other virtual event or virtual experience tools that we had seen were either, again, there's this combination of either it was built on the web and it looked really janky, right? Yeah. So it didn't look good. Or it was <laughs> built in a cool engine like Unreal and you had like a three gig download just to try this thing out. And so it was finding that, that middle ground. And for us, it was kind of like, well, we wanted no compromises, right? Mm. And so what we did was it's, it's Unreal Engine, but it's streamed from the cloud so that basically a different computer is taking all the compute, a cloud computer is taking all the compute burden and it just streams the output. So it's kind of you know like alchemy here because you get the best of the web, which is instant accessibility through a link, but also the best of Unreal Engine, which is those graphics. So there was that. There was that combination of quality versus accessibility that we were trying to, to nail the magic balance. But then also, you know, so many of these virtual platforms suffered from this, the open world concept, right? They had a huge open world, Decentraland, Sandbox, whatever. Yeah. And nothing was happening. That was like the, the big boon of the metaverse was like, it's a cool concept, but it's boring. 
And we had other yeah. other teams that we were connected to who would say things like they had brands who opened up a space on their platform and never did anything there because all they wanted was the news buzz. They wanted to be able to say, we're in the metaverse, right? But they didn't actually know how to use it or no. what to do with it. So for us, a big part of Passage is that these worlds, for one, we want to connect with creators who are already making stuff, right? We've, we've really targeted Passage, not towards like just the biggest brands. We've said no to some huge brands that yeah, wanted to partner really. with us. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could name name some names, but um, really <laughs> big world international brands. Yeah, because you want users. Right, right. Well, and, and because so many of these people, they don't, they don't know what to do with it, right? We wanted to target the independent creators, even like your audience, right? In terms of like uh, people who, who have a organic community and brands too, right? Creators and brands. But again, people who have a organic connection to their audience. So some of the big interests we've seen yeah. is um, brands that are launching games or launching experiences, right? They want, they already have an audience that's buying their game, that's buying their cool product. Brands that have a really strong community and Passage becomes a place where they can do those launches together and have a social experience around that. But that's an event, right? That's not a, a world that's open 24 seven. And we want to stack those up so that there's always something happening in Passage, but it can be happening in different places, right? You might see like this thing's happening in this world over here and this thing's over happening. And what we realized was what we, what we built was a social layer that connects all those. So you have your timeline, you have your newsfeed, you have your friends and your chats where you could always be connected to your people. And then you see as cool things are happening, you see, oh, my buddy went into this thing. Um, oh, I, you know, my friend yeah. is over here in that game or that experience. But it's making sure that for one, the people you're bringing into your platform know how to make something interesting. The go-to-market audience isn't just these big name brands who are just trying to slap a logo on something, yeah. but that you're targeting people who are creators at heart, right? We've who can make something fail. valuable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then also making sure that it's not just this open ghost town, right? You know? Yeah, you don't want it to be an open ghost town where it's like, oh, it's open 24-7, you can hop in anytime and do what? It's really built around the newsfeed, around the social layer where people can see this is happening at a specific time in a specific place. And that's what they're coming for, right? So that every time people come in, it's an exciting experience. I'm really excited that this podcast, The Charlie Shrem Show, is now powered by Waxman. I think I met the CEO, David Waxman, back in 2015 or something at an Ethereum meetup. And he told me that the future belongs to the fearless. And that is why they are producing the show right by my side. What an amazing team we have now. It's so amazing. You guys have been hearing some great updates and following along. If you don't know, Waxman is the leading global strategy and communications firm advising the next generation of companies in Web3, disruptive technology, Bitcoin, crypto, fintech, artificial intelligence, and venture capital. Waxman's clients are ambitious leaders and businesses that are on the frontier of this whole new economy because they really do believe that the future belongs to us and we're the ones building it. With services across everything from digital marketing, public relations, social media, investor relations, financial communications, recruiting, and public affairs, they're helping companies and individuals like myself seize the business opportunities that we deserve, overcome challenges that we all are gonna face and achieve sustained success. Head over to Waxman to learn more. You guys are going to love them. We have them in the show notes. Check it all out. It's W-A-C-H-S-M-A-N.com. That's W-A-C-H-S-M-A-N.com. Now you're 
letting people build their own worlds instead of you having to build them, build it for them. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. If you head over to to my Twitter or the Passage Twitter, you'll be able to see you know uh, live demos of building out a world drag and drop style. It's super simple. You get all the beauty and luxury of Unreal Engine five, but it's a drag and drop system, so anybody can do it. I mean, what do you see? Where do you see that going in the future? Do you see that that is like a, like a watershed moment for this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one giving everyday creators the opportunity to leverage Unreal Engine five is is huge for yeah. one. But then also we have an AI partner, Sortium. I've seen a ton of AI solutions around 3D space, but there are very very few who are doing a really good job leveraging AI for 3D content creation. Because 3D is really hard. It is an exponential leap beyond 2D images. Even video is just a series of 2D images, right? Yeah. So there's... There's there's one layer of data to interpret for the AI, right? For for whatever you're um Yeah, I don't know how you do like we the computing power needed to do like AI. Imagine Grand Theft Auto, but using AI generating the world instead of like Yeah. It, it would just be insane. Like you could or you know, like I create a right. passage world, you know, and all of a sudden it's using AI. That can you do that with the computing power available today? Yes, yes. It is an evolving industry, right? And we really believe that Sortium is kind of like pioneering some of these things. They're a really strong team that's building their own data set for 3D assets. And a lot of people will see something like different 3D AI where it's like, oh, you can make these environments in AI. And it's like, well, no, no, no. That's just a picture projected on a a sphere, right? Like 360 images, right? It's still just an image, right? There are very few applications that are actually building models that can generate 3D geometry. Some some are doing like, oh, it's AI that can customize the texture on the model, right? And again, that's just an image. Or AI that can generate the the dialogue for an NPC or something like that. And that's cool. Those are all cool things. But it's not actually generating 3D assets. AI. So, oh, it's just like taking the assets it has and, and like knowing where to, when to put them. Yeah, exactly. What you're saying. Right. And there's that too, right? Yeah. And so, actually creating 3D assets from an you know an AI engine is really is really unique, right? And and so, Sortium, I believe, is kind of at the cutting edge of that. And they're a partner of ours that we're integrating the passage, so that this, the the idea is that as we get further along, you will be able to create custom assets, create custom props and things like that to build your world just from a text prop. Oh, I need a uh, mid-century modern chair to put in the background of this shot. Or, you know, I, I need a room in this deco style, whatever. You know what I mean? Like being able to use simple prompts to generate 3D assets for your world is going to make this, this whole content creation space a lot more accessible for your everyday creators. I feel like comic book creators will be able to like create worlds and people can follow along with with you know the the different stories and you can have so many different adaptations of this too. Yeah. And I think fans being able to go in their browser and follow along without needing to have extra hardware it's a big part of it. Oh yeah, I mean imagine, you know, for instance like you said a, a graphic novel creator being able to input their their novel, their pages, their character sheets or whatever and generate, you know, a world based on the style of their story. I've seen so many projects that they're like, oh, you know, we made this really cool thing. We made a story. We made an IP or whatever. And they're like, and we're going to make a metaverse, right? Yeah. And it's just a bullet point on their website. And it's like, you do realize like the lift to do 3D production is huge, right? And, and very, very few people actually factor in the real cost of building out 3D assets and all that. And especially when it comes to characters, I mean, modeling characters, rigging, animation, all that is is very time intensive. And that's where our background was super helpful getting into the space because we've been through all that production workflow, right? 
But I see these projects just kind of like throwing that in there, like, oh, and we're going to build, you know, a 3D world or a game or a metaverse, yeah. right? And it's like, well, now with some of this AI technology that we're integrating into Passive, there is a world where your everyday creator who has a really, really strong IP, a really strong story to tell, can bring people into that story in a more immersive way using Passage world building tools, Passage AI creation tools, things like that to allow them to kind of bridge the gap, right? For me, I love AI because it allows smaller creators yeah. to compete with bigger studios. Passage is built on Cosmos. How's the community? Yep. Dude, the Cosmos community is incredible. I've said for a long time that that's one of the biggest reasons that we got into Cosmos. We love some of the teams that uh, kind of drove us into the space, like Koshnet and Greg Osuri, the CEO over at Overclock Labs, building yeah. a Kosh network. Incredible, incredible teams in this space. But also the technology is just really, really strong. And I think that has created a community that's very informed. You, you get into Cosmos uh, for technical reasons, right? Because you you have some insight into the technology that's being built here, the infrastructure. And so you, you naturally have a kind of more informed consumer in some ways in the Cosmos space. Yeah. So it's been really cool building around that community. Right now we're doing, we're in closed alpha for the platform. So we have you know, a core group of several hundred people who are from the Cosmos community, who have engaged with the project in the past, who we've brought in to do alpha testing. And we've jumped into different passage worlds. I've been doing testing over the last you know, couple months on different areas of passage, the social layer, yeah. the in-world experience. And it's been so much fun. We get such incredible and kind of like thoughtful feedback from our community. And I really do believe that's just a symptom of kind of this the Cosmos ecosystem mindset where we have a high caliber of consumer. So the cool thing about it now is that you can have all other Cosmos ecosystem, not just blockchains, but all other projects within Cosmos. It's like everyone's within crypto within this ecosystem, you all kind of share the same user and everyone go back and forth and you guys can bridge and work together and, and co-create assets and co-create worlds. And it financially aligns everyone's incentives from like staying competitors, whereas you want to have like products that compete and offer the best price to the consumer. But at the same time, you guys are incentivized to like work together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as an example, we're, we're working with teams that are doing really cool stuff, creating bridges, or not even bridges, but uh, interchain assets between uh, Cosmos chains and EVM chains, Ethereum-based chains. Yeah. So there's a lot of interoperability between Cosmos and the Ethereum ecosystem. ThorChain allows users to operate between uh, Cosmos and Bitcoin and other assets. So there's a lot of really cool interoperability, for one. And as an example of that, we're actually doing our public launch for the Passage token on StreamSwap which is built on the Osmosis chain. That's the leading DEX in Cosmos. And, you know, kind of the gateway to a ton of liquidity in Cosmos. And what's really cool about that is that we're launching the token in a sense. First public access will happen on another Cosmos chain, but it's native tokens, right? Interesting, it's yeah. our tokens on another chain. And so the moment people get their tokens, it's in that place of maximum liquidity. And they can withdraw it to the passage chain. You know, it's super, super simple interface. Cosmos has some of the best user experience in all of crypto. Yeah, they really do. Basically, they're they're going to get their chain, their tokens from that swap, and then you know immediately they have they they have access to you know put their tokens into LP positions so cool. on on the Osmosis Dex. They can withdraw it to the passage chain in in one click. Right again, moving between chains in Cosmos is they just made like, it so easy. Yeah, to just like they oh, take yeah. the crypto out of crypto. Yeah, that oh, yeah, should be so like effortless. a tagline. Oh, 100%. Yeah, right, right, right. 
And that's where, again, there's so many roadblocks, but part of why we picked Cosmos is because we saw an incredible user experience, right? And Osmosis is just one of the best DEX experiences that I've ever had. The wallet experience in Cosmos is great with Kepler or Cosmos Station. It's super easy. You're going to get your tokens from the swap and you can either LP from there, you can withdraw it to the passage chain in just one click and go yeah. and buy some cool stuff on the passage marketplace. There's a bunch of fun things you can do. And, and again, all of that comes from this interchain infrastructure where we have the ability to quickly move between different chains with native assets, right? None of this kind of bridging nonsense. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, brother. <laughs>